When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I write a weekly-ish column for Medium.com, also called Unpopular Opinion, and I use that column to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I come on this show to defend those opinions. How about that? Joining me today, he was just here last goddamn week, and I said all sorts of introductory things about him then, and now I'm expected to come up with a whole new round of things to say about him? No, thank you. I am not made of free time. Ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Stanislavski. Also joining me, he is one of the co-hosts of the fantastic podcast, Goods from the Woods which you cannot hear on the Unpops Network, but you can hear it out in the wild everywhere else like all the other things you listen to. Ladies and gentlemen, Rivers Lang. Also, Vanessa's here. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular God. Damn opinion. What's so funny? I accidentally burped the second you started talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. That obviously is Vanessa Gritton. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, burping and Vanessa hey. Gritton. Oh, burps Gritton. <laughs> like a newborn puppy. I'm so sorry. I inhaled a bag of Doritos when I got here and it just like came up for a second. You, and when she said inhale, she didn't mean eat quickly. She literally inhaled. Like, Put it in and then like went through she, her nostrils. Vanessa she did vaped, a rail of Doritos. Yeah, she vapes the Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, would y'all do that? Yeah. I would yeah. vape. Yeah. If I would there's because they look that sounds good right now look we can corner the market right here actually you might want to cut this from the show adam probably <laughs> because the thing is right now everybody with vape they're all fucking with sweet things cupcake flavored vapes banana right. yeah no one's fucking with savory i want a chicken skin yeah yeah, yeah. 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 barbecue vapes. yeah Un- yeah <laughs> i did buy a sour vape. cream and onion vape. i did buy a vape juice not too long ago that i swear had onion in it <laughs> Gross. It just had these icons on the front, and I can't identify one as a fruit, and it tastes like onion in it. Yeah. Menthol onion is All what right, I would describe. Don't onion. do that. Don't do that. I take it back. I Don't do savory. It. Yeah. Mmm. Aged cheddar. No. No, not at all. <laughs> hey, that's Rivers Langley and Ethan Stanislavski. Hi there. Yay. Hello. We talked at the same time. Yes. yes. I got introducing the guests out of the way right away. Nice. Yeah, there you go. I sometimes fuck that up. Often fuck that up. <laughs> We're in the new studio. Yep. It's we talked at the same time just now there, Vanessa. Shut up. Shut Dude. up, Ethan. No, Shut up. No, I refuse. Vanessa <laughs> is not uh the because of the the limitations of the setup, I'm running the soundboard, but Vanessa, just forewarning, is on hit it Brett duty today. Yeah. So if if she says it, I have to cut someone off. Exactly. But, do you uh, do you but have... what if, what if she cuts herself off? First of all, that's not gonna happen. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, like there has to be some cut off Vanessa signal. Hit it, Brett. Signal. 
Whoa! <laughs> you know, the hardest part of this show for me is oh, the first is. few minutes. There it is. Because I spend all that time asking everyone else what's going on in their life and yelling loud enough so no one realizes that piano thing is still playing right now, too. That's and that's right why now. we call this segment This Week in Me. <laughs> it's about to get really intense. Shut up, piano! Oh, I was, I was, I was going to ask if the new, the new studio came with the better gun sound, but you've still got the it same gun. It does not. No, no, it's all... Oh, the one that sounds like clapping in an alley? Yeah, the, the gun, you know, I, I, I've i been offering for years to come in here and actually, you know, shoot a gun at somebody, and then we can record it, and then you'll have a better gun sound. I mean, you can also get better gun sounds on YouTube, Rivers. You don't No. I will to. come in here with no, a gun. No, I think Rivers has the right idea. Okay. Shoot somebody. All right. Look. Yeah. I just want to be in a room. Let the listeners vote. Burbank, Rivers baby. and a loose gun. <laughs> yeah. He's the, like, Who's your favorite Unpops guest that you would like me to shoot? Uh, tweet at me. <laughs> I'm at Rivers Langley. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tweet at you? Yeah, please. <laughs> we'll get a new gun sound. Does this new studio have a name? Is it the Tomb of Doom? The, it, the it Palace does, of Malice? It does not have a name yet. It's got a yeah, the green monster. Yeah, we. You're, you're just naming like sports. I am. I don't know other teams. things. <laughs> okay, glory hole, but hole is W H O L E because we got a whole unit. No, mm, I don't like that. No, <laughs> we got a Mariah Carey album hanging. Maybe we could call it Butterfly, the, the Mariah Carey <laughs> International Podcast Studio. Hey, there it is, Mariah Carey That's Memorial. Long, no, it's, <laughs> it's not dead. It's the just... MCIP. Yeah, yeah. MCIP. Yeah, MCIP. Or MC MKIPS. Yeah, M-Kips. the MKIPS. Oh, we'll figure it it's out. The IHOP of yeah. Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about unpopular opinions mm-hmm. today. Yeah, just like we do all the time, Pinky. every day. Next week we're doing an all listener episode Ooh. oh hell yeah all listener opinions and uh buckle up america yeah people have some shit on their minds i'm so excited it is gonna be a whole lot of fun yeah where where should we start this week should we start with with one of mine uh we could start with one of yours i know ethan had something fleshed out that he wanted to work on in my in the doc yeah yeah i we can start with that Hit if you want you know, the hardest part of the show for me is the first few minutes. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it that time. We'll get it next time. Yeah. Ethan yeah. talks. Just, I mean, <laughs> just an Wait, hour. you can stop it? There should be an hour supercut of me getting interrupted. Uh, she didn't say hit it, Brad. So it didn't what are you doing, Vanessa? Adam led me to believe that that guitar solo was unstoppable. But yeah. It, wow. I, I mean, mean the, metaphorically. It is well, when I'm not live streaming, I can just stop playing the two synthesizers and drum machine that I normally play that live on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Adam is actually, I'm not sure if you guys have noticed, but he's actually like riffing live. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, I mean, I when we, when we live stream, I can't. I miss his riffing live. And I'm like, what did I just walk Don into? Imus joining us today. <laughs> To talk about women's basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so, should we start with Ethan? No, I was going to say the one about cops being prosecuted in wrongful conviction cases. Um, okay. All right. Let's that talk about that. Became very because I actually ended up seeing what well, I should see us last night. I should tell people the the opinion first. Yeah. Yes. I think in cases of wrongful conviction, like. The Central Park Five, which is what gave me this thought, mm-hmm. the prosecutors and cops in situations like that should be prosecuted after the fact. Like the 
the the prosecutor in the Central Park Five case did not base her opinion on the evidence at hand. She eliminated and cherry picked evidence that fit her definition of what this crime was. Yeah. And she railroaded five kids, basically. The oldest was 16. They spent anywhere from six to 14 years in prison, lost all these years of their lives. And meanwhile, she got to go on and write true crime novels and be this big media personality. Well, when it comes out later on down the road that you were, I would argue, criminally neglectful in your job and willfully criminally neglectful, there should be some repercussions for that that go beyond you having to delete your Twitter account. Right. Yeah. Like that prosecutor should be in jail. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that just recently, uh, you know, within the past, uh, I mean, really with the rise of the internet in particular, this sort of renewed interest in like true crime podcasts and, uh, you know, a lot of documentaries deal with this kind of thing that most people are sort of waking up to the fact that the criminal justice system is not actually about you know, at least from the prosecuted prosecutorial angle is not necessarily actually about getting anybody justice. It's about getting cases closed and mm-hmm. off the books right. as fast as humanly possible. So, you know, like, I, you know, if you listen to any podcast about like serial killers yeah. and stuff like that, half the time it's just like, oh, well, it's, you know, they, they killed a bunch of black, you know, uh, sex workers or, you know, like what they call the less dead or whatever. And they'll just railroad some innocent person and then years later it turns out like oh no it was it was this other you know it was the serial killer that was doing it but other people get to go to jail so it's as as much as i agree with you it's it's kind of difficult because i feel like that is the entire system is how it's based is just if you have money you get to get away with stuff and if you don't uh you probably could easily go down yeah there's a saying where it's better to be rich and guilty than poor and innocent yeah Mm -hmm. and it's inherently reflective of the deeply broken system i was watching parts of it last night and like when you go back to cases like for example like the emmett till case Mm. absolutely everybody involved in that prosecution should have been serving time right yeah yeah and in this in the case of the central park five they had DNA evidence that pointed to one person committing this crime. Yeah. And that DNA evidence didn't match any of the people they sent to prison. And there's a whole scene in this show, and I like this had to have happened in real life, where the prosecutor and the, I think she was like the state's attorney or district attorney, they're having this conversation about that evidence. And she's just like, well, then there was a sixth guy and he got away. And it's like, you're being like you're being a criminal right now like you are breaking the law just to get this prosecution because you want to close the case yeah Yeah. and like that the argument i think is often what rivers said where it's like well that's how the justice system works but that's the problem yeah is it's not justice that's that's how it works but it's not how it's supposed to work and it's gonna take people who are actively breaking the justice system to face some penalties of their own before any of it changes. Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. I I sort of – I want to pitch something. I'm not saying I condone this opinion, uh, but I am saying what if – do you think situations that – where there is 
injustice in a racial way. Like a racial group has specifically been targeted for years and years and years, and this is a continuous case. If they were, to, if someone who targeted a racial group unfairly was to be prosecuted, would you have a different opinion than, let's say, like a Duke Lacrosse or a Stephen Avery situation, which is something where someone is trying to get prosecution, but it's uh, it's sort of directed to the opposite situation of power. Would that be a different way of punishing prosecutors than if it was like the Central Park Five, for instance? Like I, I don't, I don't. In terms of this particular argument, I don't see a lot of difference between the Central Park Five and Stephen Avery. Yeah, well, that was what I was going to bring up. Is whenever you watch that making a murderer, and yeah. not even necessarily with with Avery, but more Brendan Dassey. Yeah, when you're like every one of those cops should be well ashamed of themselves with Stephen bare Avery, minimum Stephen Avery in too jail like yeah. that. Stephen Avery, that case probably makes me angrier than any of these true crime sure, documentaries. Sure. Because that first season came out, and it was pretty clear that there was an injustice there as it related to both of them. Right. And then one fucking internet article comes out that's like, here's what they left out. And now, I guarantee at least half of the people who thought Stephen Avery was innocent right. as a result of making the murderer now think he's guilty again because of this one internet yeah, article. Yeah. And if you read that article, for one thing... Most of the evidence that they bring up in that article is addressed in season two. Yep. Yeah. Like the the thing that stands out from that article for people is, well, his DNA was on her car key. Yeah, only his DNA. Yeah, yeah. The car key she'd been carrying around for who knows how yeah, long. Hers wasn't right. on it. <laughs> only has his DNA and only sweat DNA. Yeah, yeah. So he somehow sweated on it, but didn't leave fingerprints on it. Yeah. And that's the same thing with the hood latch. Do you not often comb your hair with your car keys? Yeah. Like it's. <laughs> that seems like something Vanessa would do. I mean, maybe, yeah. I've done a lot of inappropriate things with a car key. Uh, uh, I have a tendency to just dab my nose randomly yeah. when I'm really sweaty with my and car key. With Stephen Avery, even, like, even if you want to use Occam's razor, yeah. like, you have to make more assumptions about Stephen Avery right. for him to be guilty. Yeah. 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 No, because the police had already framed him right. for a crime and sent him to prison. Yeah, yeah. So now you have to assume that he's flipped and become the criminal yes. as opposed to being the guy who was framed once. Yeah. So we already know they've conspired to frame him. Yeah. And now they're facing this lawsuit that is going to bankrupt that police department. Yeah, yeah. And they frame him again. Right, Obviously, right. that's what happened. Yeah. He didn't on the verge of winning millions of dollars in a wrongful conviction lawsuit. He didn't decide this is the time to be a murderer. Yeah, like yeah. this is when I'm going to do it. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. And I, I only I only brought that up just because the the Brennan Dassey case is is one where you can point to the, where it's just like demonstrably bullshit. Right. Like there's yeah. no uh, th there's not even a question. They couldn't even write that article about that one, which is yeah. why I brought it up. But that's one of those where you watch it and you're just like every every one of those cops should should they know, should be in prison. They should yeah. be in prison for that. Yeah. For railroading a you know a, a mentally ha handicapped kid, right? Who obviously just like they were like, oh yeah, you just know, want to go to WrestleMania? Just yeah, just, watch that, that's the part you know. Wanted to watch WrestleMania. I don't mean to bring everything back to wrestling, but that's really <laughs> the, the part is because think about how much good wrestling he missed. You know, two thousand six. Oh, oh my god, that was when it was like shitty. Now it's so good. Yeah, He's missing AEW anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh, that poor kid. Yeah, because uh, as it stands, there's currently nothing in place really stopping anyone from making assumptions and false accusations and railroading as, as, as it stands 
because there is no punishment, it's so yeah. easy to dole them out through the entirety of your career as a legal prosecutor. Oh, yeah. Oh, just to, well, not even just that, the, the, to, to build a case on it. The, yeah. um, the Adnan Saeed uh, case that, where they have the, they're profiling that on a, um, a HBO show. The yeah. Case against. The, the kid from Serial. And, yeah. and it was like, oh, they're, they're really trying to keep this kid in jail because this prosecutor wants to be the district attorney. Like he wants to basically, you know, have, have his, his head as a trophy on his wall to be like, look, look who I put in jail. I did it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you're like, oh, that's, uh, that's fucked. <laughs> I just want to yeah ask because like for instance Aaron Persky the judge in the Brock Turner case was recalled because of a campaign where they said this was clearly someone who fucked up in this convi- in this conviction in this case it was a clear case he should have been put away much much longer and then there was a campaign to basically strip him of his ability to be a judge and it succeeded do you think that's enough that's the minimum that's, that's the I think minimum. that's minimum yeah I think I that's a bare minimum I yeah. think if you take away years of someone else's life especially when it comes to cases where these are these are kids that aren't getting t- they're never getting this time back yeah no. they're never getting this time back this is time they should have been out on the outside and they are forever changed yeah. by being in the system and if you put someone there <laughs> your turn buddy me no oh. I mean just Oh, yeah. your turn, buddy. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's your I turn to go. I thought, yeah. was, I thought it was my turn to speak. No. I, I thought Ethan was going to sing a song or no. something. Like, and a one, two, three, and a one, four. and a two, and uh, they should I've go to jail. This convicted. is bullshit. I'm Johnny Cash. I don't know. <laughs> I got stripes. <laughs> the one of the problems is I think this happens in every profession. You see it in comedy. You see it in everything where people get to a point where it's like, all right, well, this is my job, and I have this job now. Time to stop learning. Like, yeah. I can yeah. just coast on everything that got me here is obviously good enough. Mm-hmm. And you see it with police, too, where it comes up in when they see us. At one point, the cop who coerced one of these confessions out of these kids is like, I'm just doing what I was taught. Yeah. And the other guy is like, that method you used has been discredited for a long time. Right. Yeah. And there are a ton of different methods police use to get confessions out of people that if you look into the science behind them it's just garbage it's yeah. garbage science like yeah. it's a way to coerce oh, yeah. false it, confessions it, it is out used of people because it is effective at getting a case closed getting cases yeah closed. right yeah. whether or not it's accurate at all yeah as a teenager i almost confessed to smoking weed when i never even touched the thing until i was like 22 yeah, yeah. that's what happens the like and then then it becomes well why would they confess yeah. Because I wanted to go home. Yeah. It's like yeah. watch the tape. Because I was sitting on a curb are, yeah. for yeah. three hours and yeah. I wanted to go home. So and, I would have said anything to go <laughs> home. Cops are scary. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing. Especially if you're a kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like any confession that happens, any kid who confesses without an adult there, that like you should take no stock in yeah. that yeah. at yeah. all. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I agree with that 100%. This example in terms of like the one where I almost confessed to smoking pot in public when I hadn't actually, it was, I'm not kidding. Five cops, three teenagers under the age of 15, five were called for the suspicion of the smell of weed. One of my friends was smoking it. The other two wasn't the one that was smoking it confessed. They kept trying to get the other two to confess. They held us on a curb in handcuffs for three hours with no adults present, trying to get a confession out of us. And then it didn't hand us off to our parents Handed us off to our principal. Oh, good. Board police are I was a huge say, threat yeah. to the community. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, Vanessa, what you're not taking into consideration is, uh, like, how hard they all were while they were doing that. Oh, man. It's their favorite thing. Big old boners. <laughs> yeah. Big old... Bo- I'm- I had a cop... <laughs> 
when I was in when I was in seventh grade. And uh, you know, my friend for sure did this shit. We were walking to school and he had a stick in his hands and he tossed it at a car's wheel. So when the car like went like you know, hit it. Yeah. And then we just kept walking to school. By first period, they had figured out who did it. They were like, All right, tall fat one and skinny short one. <laughs> well that's uh that's Nerm Sturgis and Rivers Langley, right? So I get uh called to the office and the police officer goes, uh he's like, Son, I believe you're a good kid. I just believe you've been hanging out with the wrong crowd. But oh. hanging out with the wrong crowd, I've seen it a million times. That's a one-way ticket to the electric chair, son. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you threw a stick in a car. What do you mean, the electric Jesus. chair? They don't Jesus. even have we the were electric in seventh chair grade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they did in Alabama. Oh, Old that was lethal yeah. at that point? Or, uh, well, I, I, think they're down, I think they're back to lethal injection down there. But at the time, it was still a Which a is still not threat. good and still shouldn't exist. It should but. just be the firing squad. Yeah. I like the firing squad yeah. the best. Give me the firing squad any day. Also, yeah. it should be you go to prison for life. It shouldn't be yeah, yeah, anything. If there's got to be a death penalty, then, you know, make it the firing squad. I'd yeah. rather have his firing squad because emotionally I'm constantly at a place of blindfold cigarette. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, should do, they should do firing squad, but instead of having several people <clears throat> shoot at the same person so no one knows who actually killed him. Yeah. They should put the person on his knees and then put seven dummies also on their knees. Ha! And then eight people just walk up and fire a shot into the back of the head. Of yeah, each. yeah thing on the ground and then turn around and leave They're and like no the one knows. Batman begins uh, training Bruce Wayne R- Rajal Ghul. Yes. Where, yeah, it, oh, you know, <laughs> what was funny is my... my, my I want, yes, I want to turn every executioner into Batman. What was funny was, was my, my mind went to Batman too, but it was the, the Adam West version where uh, they, uh, Batman and Robin uh, get like tied up behind the uh, uh, the the little shooting gallery uh-huh. at, the, at the county fair and then they give Commissioner Gordon the gun and they're like, uh, oh, they're just pellet guns. Guns and he's shooting at a at a paper target, but he doesn't know Batman's back there. Yes, that. <laughs> See, I thought Adam was going in the direction of like a carnival game where it's like one person and they get to run side to side, and then it's one person and they're not like an expert marksman; they're just like someone that paid three dollars and they get a bear. And if you, oh sure, and if they don't, like if the shot doesn't land, you get to go home. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that was a thing. Or in, just in, like a dunk tank. Yeah. <laughs> and if no one can dunk you in whatever lethal chemical you're about to fall in. <laughs> in hydrochloric acid. Yeah. yeah. You get to go home. Make it fun for everybody. Yeah. 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 So well, bring yeah. kids around. Or just hanging. Public hangings. Yeah. Yeah. We should leave all executions to uh, hanging, fall festival scenarios. Hanging, like it, dying by any kind of neck injury is one of my worst. I have a throat slitting irrational fear like my whole life's goal is to not get my throat slit yeah that's that would be is. bad too. even though it is like you're dead immediately it is oh, technically <laughs> it is one of the most humane ways yeah you are gonna yeah we're gonna murder ethan yeah yeah mm-hmm. no, actually, unpopular opinion yeah let's murder ethan mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not an opinion that's a statement of what you're going to do it's different well we'll do the throat cut after i shoot you for the new th- gun sound yeah cut. It's right. a natural response to meeting Ethan. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not I love true. You. Uh, Instagram at Ethan Stan Comedy. Send me all your fun messages. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What should we talk about next? I have an opinion. You have one? Yeah. Let's hear it. I have two small ones. The first one is we are irrationally cruel to Little Caesar's Pizza. Uh, Amen. I think I am down I, with. That. I feel like the, the 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 popular opinion on this is uh, is turning. Not to uh, uh, use a uh, you know what I think it's starting to podcast. shift because I've noticed people being like, "Oh, Little Caesars, Little Caesars, the shit." First of all, it's a five dollar pizza, and even if it wasn't a five dollar pizza, I think it would be an excellent ten dollar pizza. Yeah, 
Yeah, and poor people deserve to have a pizza party every once in a yes, while. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I and think Little it's... Caesars is the most honest. I think about what their food is. I think uh-huh. here's what it was. I think their anti-online ordering delivery campaign alienated people, and I think they had to convince themselves the pizza wasn't worth it because they're lazy and don't want to go outside. That's my theory. My theory. It's hot and ready, Ethan. Yeah, yeah I know. All yeah. the time. I'm just saying, you, you, people are like, I have to go outside for that? Fuck that. My theory, uh, because any, every one of my theories always goes down a deeper rabbit hole than the actual concept, <laughs> is I think the reason people uh, talk shit about whether it be Little Caesars or junk food or fast food is that it is inherently seated in elitism. That's oh, classist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think... Anytime people talk shit when it comes to Little Caesars or Instant Ramen or any of these things, it comes from a really classist place where it's like, well, only poor trash eats that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. On the other hand, you want to have poor people be able to eat better. So if you want to blame the companies, I'm down for that. But if you or the forces that prevent healthy food from getting to poor people, I'm down for that. But I wouldn't blame poor people for eating that food. Right. Yeah. And even then, Little Caesars isn't part of that they're not preventing healthy food like a good target for that would be dollar stores Mm -hmm. like family dollar especially like no outlet in america works harder to keep poor people from having access to quality food than family dollar and it's not like it's not doable because if you go to the 99 cent they actually have really good fresh produce lettuce and bananas and stuff yeah yeah Yeah. they they, like if you go now like even other than just like the staples of like lettuce and apples and bananas they are they also have like packaged artichokes and bell peppers and eggplants like the a lot of the 99 cents in los angeles especially in areas where there are like poor latino neighborhoods now have a really big variety of fresh fruits and vegetables and healthier options and low sugar juices. And it's not that it's not doable. It's just that they don't want to do it. And also sometimes you just fucking want pizza. Sometimes life fucking sucks. And the only remedy is pizza. Most, most times. Yeah. Yeah. I I find pizza is a remedy. If you're working 12, like three jobs in like 18 hours a day, do you want to like go home and prep food for an hour? Or do you want to just have a thing that you can munch on when you get home? And it's not like little Caesars won't sell you a better pizza for more money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just the $5 stuff that you swoop in, you buy it and you fucking leave. It's it's great. So little Caesars, I think, uh, has followed, Followed roughly the trajectory, the same trajectory as Subway. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I was that. when I was growing There's up, <laughs> when I was growing a little up, Caesar cartoon yeah, the, molested a yeah, bunch I was of kids. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> children, children. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, they <laughs> Thailand, Thailand. Uh, but no, the uh, uh, when I was a kid, like the Little Caesars, and it might just be because the the options in the town I grew up in were. Papa John's, which uh, before they were like racist, terrible. They also are bad pizza. Uh, I enjoy me Papa John's. P- uh, pizza yeah. Hut. Unpopular opinion. Papa John's pizza is good. Oh, but go no. on. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza Hut. And then Little Caesars was like that, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, plucky third option. Right. And so I grew up with that and they had, you know, it was just like a normal pizza place. They delivered. And then at some point, right around the same time that Subway went to the full time $5 footlongs, the... There was like a dip in, you know, in quality and uh, and a rise in availability. Like Little Caesars just yeah. popped up everywhere, right. as did Subway. And if you remember, Subway was bougie at one point. Like, yeah. I do remember like, that. Yeah, like they, when they cut the sandwich at, in a triangle shape yeah. on the top. Instead I worked of just... there when we did that. Oh, yeah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, – Subway, so hate the – that's that's uh, hate the artist, not the art. <laughs> <laughs> the, sandwich, the sandwich artist, please. Uh 
No, but uh, but yeah, there's been this, you know, same they, with Papa John's. Anyway. But there, yeah, there, there, there was like this dip in like you know the probably from like the late 2000s till roughly now where. And I've noticed, and I think it happened because of the Papa John's revelations uh-huh. of the past two years where Little Caesars is kind of starting to yeah. starting to look good, you know? Yeah. Sure, the bar is clearing out, and she's the last girl there, but she's looking good. She's yeah. looking good. Her <laughs> crust is crispy and buttery. It is the most perfect, honest to God, the most of any of the takeout places, perfect pepperoni to rest of pizza ratio. Yeah, they there's do a great job with that. There's All a perfect distribution of pepperoni every time. And I liked their old business model, too, because you Remember in the days you were talking when they were just a delivery place, yeah. you would call them and be like, okay, I need one large pizza. And they'd be like, right, two large pizzas. Got it. <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 no. I just want one. And they're like, fuck you. <laughs> you take that second pizza and you shove it up your ass if you want. But we're sending you. backwards. Yeah. We are sending you pizza, pizza, motherfucker. Yeah. I also like that they have sort of made detroit style pizza a little popular because yeah. as someone who is an advocate for Chicago deep dish, uh, Detroit pizza i would say don't say it rain supreme oh Oh, no i love one fuck you for that pun (laughs) but also no chicago deep dish is better i love chicago deep dish so much but detroit pizza is just it's everything you love about little caesars but actually nice yeah they cook it in an oil pan yeah Yeah. that's how they get the crust so crispy yes also a thing i bring up all the time in relation to little caesars is the love bus which is a bus they've operated. It's actually a semi that they, or maybe they call it the love truck. I don't know. One oh, of no. the two. Oh. But semi that they're really, semi. they're really low key about it, which I appreciate. Yeah. But what it is, it's a truck they've operated since 1985 that just drives around to homeless shelters all around the country oh. giving out free food. Oh. Wow. And then if there's a natural disaster, they take it there and wow. hand out free food. And they've oh. been doing that since. 1985 it's never a part of their marketing they're never like boastful about it it's just a thing they've always yeah. done yeah and that's the shit that's like, awesome i don't know about pizza hut doing anything like that yeah so hell yeah little season yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm into it yeah i'll defend the shit drive that love love truck straight up wing street flip <laughs> everybody off as you do it ethan or rivers do either of you have one uh, I have one, uh, and I posted it in our little drive folder for the show. And it's something uh, I've been thinking about for a while, and especially in the Trump era, which is I don't think satire does anything. Like, satire does not change society. Satire does not make things better. It doesn't make things more palatable. It doesn't make things – doesn't enact any change or change anything. It's a thing I think you see and – where you're like, oh, that is clever, and I think that's the extent of it. I don't think it actually affects, doesn't change people's minds in any way whatsoever. Can you give me an example as it relates to Trump? I oh, let me give you an example as it relates. Name names. All right. I mean, just in general, like I will say, the example I always cite is the South Park, yep. Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson, and South Park in general, which I think is, I love satire. Watching it, and I do think at its peak, South Park is a brilliant form of satire it does nothing it doesn't change minds it doesn't if like it is something like the mel gibson passion of the jew episode i thought was the perfect analysis of that situation the whole like how it is first off it is something that you are manipulating you know christians to have a very post-vatican II nazi holocaust denial point of view and they don't even know it and simultaneously it is causing a lot of internalized anti-semitism and simultaneously if you have no stake in that it's just a shitty movie i think that captured sort of and every side of that and i think it was really brilliant i think it didn't do 
I don't think a lot of people were presenting it in that way. Did it stop anything with that movie? Did it have any right. backlash yeah. for Gibson? None. None whatsoever. And South Park has nothing, changes nothing. If and like if anything, like I don't think and there's some backlash to that where backlash on the other way where people will say like people are fans of Cartman and they don't realize he's terrible, which I said about like Archie Bunker back in the day of All in the Family or Rick Sanchez or, or yeah, or or a lot of yeah, a name, uh, cartoonishly awful person. And Don people Draper. will relate, yeah, exactly, or pretty much anything like that. People will relate to a person you're not supposed to relate to. I don't think that is a thing that hurts people, but I don't think satire helps anyone. I don't, yeah. I agree with you in a way. Um, I think at its best, satire is deeply entertaining and sometimes illuminating. But I think at its worst, satire only not only doesn't do anything, but can also be enabling. I can see that. I yeah. in a, in a lot of cases, like a really good example is the man bear pig arc in South Park, right. where it allowed people to go with their confirmation biases and ignore something legitimate because the idea of not caring was because they for the longest time South Park's basis is basically it's. The, the best isn't caring about this or caring about that. It's not caring at all. Yeah. And now that they're trying to kind of backtrack with that a little bit, right. it's too fucking late. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I don't know if it's about not caring. I think it's more about uh, presenting the bullshit on all. I don't think like people still know what to do with South Park uh, in a lot of ways where I think it's presenting arguments, cracks in the holes of every stu- argument, which I think is – uh, fine, but I also think yeah, it doesn't affect, doesn't make any change. It doesn't do anything. I think they're like this. The only specific example I can think of, I could be wrong, of like comedy affecting change in any context was when Hannibal Burris did the Cosby jokes and it went viral <laughs> yeah. and caused people more accusations to come out and had a thing that was yeah. known for ten years suddenly become the lasting memory of him, which is what it should have right. been as soon as that was revealed. But even then, did comedy bring that about or did online piracy bring that about yeah because hannibal burris had been doing that bit for a long time yeah 30 rock had made references to the cosby thing yeah comedy knew about it comedy was forced to address the bill cosby thing just like comedy was forced by the new york times to address the louis Louis ck thing yeah like, it wasn't it comedy. Wasn't, I think Vanessa's right. Comedy yeah. a lot of times enables these things. I think, especially as it relates to Trump, like SNL is not doing anyone no. any fucking favors no. uh, when it comes to Trump because they Trump's make funnier. Well, they <laughs> make funnier than them. Right? They make Trump seem like just another idiot, make another like, politician yeah. to be made fun of on TV. Trump is a national fucking emergency. Yeah, like yeah. Trump is a crisis. Yeah. He is not something we should be trifling with on late night TV. He certainly shouldn't be hosting your show. No, right? absolutely not. And the idea, like I've, I've said it before in this show, Trump and SNL have a kind of symbiotic relationship oh, yeah. where they just sort of boost yeah. each other by pretending to hate each other. It's some yeah. wrestling shit. Yeah, well, yeah. that was, that was, uh, you know, we're uh, <laughs> kind of, uh, this is what I was going to uh, have my popular opinion, but I'll marry it, uh, unpopular opinion, but I'll marry it right now. <laughs> Everything is wrestling. Literally, yeah. every everyone is boys in the back and fighting up uh, on the other side of the curtain. Yep. So to yep. have, you know, and this is this is my most South, my most South Park esque opinion, but it is that just like, oh, everyone is full of shit, and the world yes. unfortunately is mostly filled with people who are either dumb or evil. 
And that's how it breaks down. There's yeah. a few bright spots here and there, but I, I believe in a Coen Brothers reality where everyone yes. is either stupid or yes. evil. Those are yeah. the only two kinds of people. Yeah, I mentioned <laughs> it on an episode that unfortunately sounded like we recorded it in an airplane hangar. So uh, I don't know if people listened long enough, but I think Trump's war with the mainstream media is some wrestling shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. oh, they love it because he sells papers. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think the one network that isn't really going along with it is CBS. For some <laughs> well, reason, because they're all you know, they they well, died in the nursing home. If you five watch, years ago. if you watch the Good Fight, like uh -huh. that is the only network television show that really, yeah, heavily addresses Trump in a not pro. Trump it, oh, no kidding! Way. And they got censored by CBS. You hear about that? Because they got of, censored of a China, not even because of Trump, because of like a uh, awkward relationship with China. And That's what really... scares me so yeah. much about China. The Good Fight will say yeah. whatever the fuck they want about Trump. But when they tried to say something about China, yeah. CBS was like, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. take it easy. Yeah. But back, back to your original point, I think it's important to always keep in mind that politics are upstream from culture. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So it, it's so what satire can do is is effectively deliver information. But and this is another another unpopular opinion. I don't think you can change anyone's mind personally. I kind of I'm on board. So with that when you're ways. watching people like write these long mm. paragraphs on Facebook arguing with their relatives, I'm like the only way to change a person's mind is through lived experience. Yeah, yeah. that's it. You don't you you can you know be told by your parents or your church that you know gay people suck, and then as soon as you meet your first gay friend, you're like, oh well, that was bullshit. But yeah. Yeah. You're, no amount of arguing is going to be able to undo that that wiring. But what satire does is it presents the information in an easy way to understand so that when you have that lived experience, you can circle square. Yeah. Like for me, you know, every, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, like most people who grew up at, a, you know, as, as whatever, not, not knowing gay people, I said the F word a bunch yeah. as a child. And then it was up to, you know, things like, things like South Park. That was like, you know, all of the episodes with like big gay Al and like, you know, Mr. Garrison and stuff like that was just always a thing that was in my head of like, oh, this is, you know, and I, and I wasn't even raised religious. It was just sort of a, you know, just sort of a bullshitty child cultural thing. And then when you actually interact with uh, homosexuals or what, whatever it is, um, you know, you now have that in your head like, oh, this is what they were talking about. I will thing. Yeah, I will say you have. I absolutely agree that you can't change someone's like I've never changed someone's mind with it. With a most of the time I've ever changed someone's mind, it's been through personal experience of them knowing me and then yeah. saying yeah. something and then me saying, I, "Am I a monster to you?" Yeah, you exactly. Know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And but I will say that stuff like that makes it easier for the like targets themselves yes, to yes. live more authentically and in turn change someone's mind. Yeah, yeah, because for sure. uh, seeing people maybe make some kind of long rant. Even if it's not like meant to change my mind, it's confirming that I have one more person in my corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, that is valuable. Yeah, it's yeah. confirming that there's one more person out there that will have my back if something goes down with me. So it makes it, it makes people more comfortable to live authentically. Yeah, it's not yeah. even really. I've I've noticed that, and I think a lot of people when they do that, they think they're going to change someone's mind, and they're not changing someone's mind, but they definitely are making it more comfortable for someone to exist. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. yeah that's fair. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I just anytime I see people just yeah. writing yeah. six typed pages I to yeah. argue with some like, chud. Don't, yeah. Yeah. They don't yeah. they don't give a shit. They enjoy this. They just want to win. Yeah. yeah. They don't even want to win. They just like you seeing you upset is yeah. is winning. So I'll, like I will say I read uh 
a book called The Panic Virus, which really documented the whole autism vaccine scare and the panic about it. It sort of really broke down the psychology of people and how, like, this one article could cause so much devastation on oh, so many levels. I just found out Dennis from It's Always Sunny is an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. The, in real life? Yeah, the yeah. Glenn Howerton. And, he's, yeah. and, of course, he's the one from Alabama, so fuck yeah. me. <laughs> anyway. But uh, the thing that sort of always stuck out to me about that is in that book, they sort of concluded – that that was like what you were saying that these are like the most because it, it, it started with like the rich educated suburbs that's where it spread so it's like these are the most educated the most like scientifically inclined people the most yeah. have access to everything probably in the world like in the some a lot of these places and once they get an idea in their head you can't get it out yeah and i think that was really really like oh there's if you like if you have the most access to uh, differing opinions. Once you have yours, you're done. And yeah. It's like, oh, there's no way to change someone's mind. Yeah. And I, it was really depressing me to learn at the time. And now I'm like, okay, if that's the reality of human psychology, just adjust. Accordingly. Yeah. Well, and that's the fucking yeah. that's the yeah. fucking Trump thing is that like it's very and I, I would point the blame at this on both sides, left and right, is that it's very convenient to trade, you know, to paint your average Trump supporter as some toothless hillbilly that has no money that lives in a trailer. Yeah. It's just like I like Jesus and I like Donald Trump. The reality is most of like the, his actual base is guys who own like 10 Arby's in yeah. Boise, Idaho. Yeah. It's yeah. people with fucking means. They're people that own networks. Yeah. yeah. They're people who have money and, and, and it's actually convenient back to that original point of selling newspapers and stuff to send out people from the New York Times to Appalachia to like coal mining towns and be like, why do they believe so much in Trump? It's like, they don't fucking vote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor people don't vote. They're it's, working it's, three fucking jobs. Yeah. That's, and and yeah. half, 50% of Congress people are millionaires. It's, yeah. Who is, who are they there to vote for? I also, yeah, the point I made, I have, uh, my fiance, this has a lot of family in Indiana who is very liberal, yeah. uh, surprisingly, but they're like one, uh, of her cousins is is very much like hardcore Bernie uh, and like all the, and you know on that firm side and he's from you know Evansville Indiana and his yeah. point which is really stuck with me is you don't beat people by changing their minds you beat them by getting people on your side to vote yeah like, you get the yeah, 40 yeah. the biggest yeah. voting block in the country is non-voters 40% yeah. of yeah. people don't vote and like growing up the amount of time like I'm applying this even though it's not something I really believe in anymore but I went to a Christian high school and I'd see whenever they would try and do ministry they would try and like feed people Jesus as opposed to what they needed which was food yeah yeah yeah. And, yeah, yeah. like a lot of the times when I see people mocking these like middle America areas as like the problem, it's like, no, they're starving. Yeah, they yeah. don't know how they're going to put, they don't know how they're going to feed their kids. They're, and their kids themselves are wondering, how am I going to pay for college? How am I going to do any of the things that I yeah, want to do? What, yeah. how am I going to yeah. feed my family? And it's so easy to mock it as trailer trash or hillbillies, but these, these are our, fucking neighbors and yeah. they're not the reason we're suffering they're suffering with us yeah, yeah and it's why i think also and this is my last unpopular opinion i think a lot even though it's the side that i'm on i think a lot of left activists are very inherently an elitist oh absolutely. Uh, in the manners absolutely. that they speak and absolutely. who they talk about yeah. i think when they talk about the center states they are actively letting people suffer because they are not the people that they know. And I think the way that they deliver messages as well, where it's a lot of $3 words and a lot of I went to fucking college style essays when it's like, no, even the way that you're talking is only to people yeah. that have been able to like enjoy the education that you've had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, I mean, I grew up in 
every mm-hmm. East Coast elite stereotype you have. Like everything they said about John Kerry in 2004 was how his raised. Did plus, you win surf? Plus Jewish. <laughs> Did you fucking win plus surf? Jewish. No, yeah, like every every awful thing like about that. I grew up in that, and I did not know there was such a thing as a liberal white Protestant until I went to college in Chicago. I didn't know that existed. I assumed, yeah. Because I was raised with the assumption that they're all – everyone between New York and L.A. is a Jesus crazy freak, and they should all just break off and form their own country, which is like – there's fucking so many people there who are suffering, and if you're yeah. going to leave them to the fucking devices of – the worst people in their state, they're going to – it's basically going to be a human – it already is a humanitarian crisis. Yeah. And it's just going to yeah. oh, be that much worse. I'm, I'm from Alabama. Exactly. And Alabama is uh, actually the, uh, the poorest uh, area in the first world yeah. is the Black Belt of Alabama. Yeah. And that, that is a place where, again, a lot of those people don't vote. And part of that is definitely institutional racism because yeah. it's mostly a black area. Um, so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, obviously, back to the, the thing we were talking yeah. about at the beginning, criminal justice system, shutting people out of the... Uh, deep redlining. Uh, well, yeah. Deep redlining, all that stuff. But there is also a... That is not everybody. There is a substantial amount of people who are either too busy or don't give a shit enough to vote because they haven't been presented with... If we made Election Day a national holiday, Democrats would win every fucking election. Right, which is why it'll never happen. Yeah, exactly. And they don't want to do that. The Democrats don't want to do that because Trump is good for business. He's great for fundraising. I think kind of piggybacking on what Vanessa said about the left delivering their message in kind of an elitist way, I think... That demographic you just mentioned is the demographic Trump's going to go after in 2020. Absolutely. Yeah. I think people I've been saying I've been saying that since 2015 also that eventually this is all going to be a huge push to win black votes. And no one on the left wants to accept that because everyone on the left knows how racism works. They know that, well, Trump didn't rent to black tenants in the 70s. So black people are never going right. to vote for him. They don't have that information. No, they don't. Yeah, I don't care. They, even if they don't have that information, I think a great example that Rivers is probably familiar with of how this can all turn in that direction is George Wallace. George Wallace, yeah. Yeah. George Wallace is a notorious segregationist governor from Alabama. It's the face of it. Who, yeah. during his last term, won like 90% of the black vote. Yes, he did. Because people were willing to forgive him for what he did in the past because he was doing shit now. Yeah, because he talked to And him. everything about Trump's immigration plan, I cannot stress this enough, is geared toward the idea that illegal immigration impacts poor black males the most. Right. And I don't think any of Trump's base even has that Information registered anywhere in their head that all of this hating immigrants and wanting to build a wall, all of it is building up to helping black people. And I don't think anyone on either side sees that coming. And that's why Trump is going to win in 2020, because everyone on the left is too smart to accept that something like that could happen. Yeah, because Trump has the simplest message. Yeah. It's because, again... Everything is wrestling. The simpler the story, the more people are into it. And all it is, ironically enough, is just going to be a massive transfer of wealth. Yeah. Like, it's what it always is. It's going to be some socialist shit. It's going to be taking an economy that is already built, which is people coming from other countries to work here and provide for people back in their native country that those people are here and they have things. They run businesses. They own homes. They go to school. 
once they're all gone, those holes are going to need to be filled. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. everyone's always like, he won't deport all those people. It would wreck our economy. Not if you just move people into those jobs right away. Yep. Right. Then you look like a fucking hero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think the left is ready for that fucking argument. They're not ready for that argument. And they're not ready to accept the fact that you will not be able to enact change uh, – Shouting to people that already believe what you believe yeah. in a bulletproof coffee shop in yeah, an right. area of town where you can walk around uh, right. existing the way you do without concern. Yeah. They don't want to accept the fact that if they want to make anything different, we got to... <laughs> We got to mobilize and we got to actually like yeah, it's not put about, food on these people's tables. Right. Well, I would, right. I would, it's not about changing opinions. It's about mobilizing. Yeah. That's all. I, I would, and, I, and when it comes to, I think, poor black people in particular, I think a lot of the left is just like, well, we got that vote. Like, yeah, well, just, I, I'll, yeah. they're, they're clar- people of color. Of I, course, they're going clar- to vote for Trump. Clarify, yeah, they will. Clarify the terms a little bit. I think the liberals think yeah. they have that vote. I think the left, uh, the the emergent left, you've got your, uh, you know, uh, you know, Rose Emoji Twitter and all that I shit. Don't, tell me two or three names among uh, that group. Who? Elon Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Bernie Sanders. Okay, well, those are <laughs> those are the people we need to vote for. That's I'm talking the, about left. I'm, I'm talking about yeah, yeah. voters. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But no, uh, but all, I think all of those people have uh, have definitely demonstrated a willingness to reach out to that to that crowd at the at the expense of uh you know your your lobbyist your insider yeah. crowds and stuff like that like Elon Omar is clearly a person who doesn't give a shit which yeah, I yeah. love I love that it's my yeah. favorite yeah. thing about her I was yeah. like she's literally <laughs> it's a shame she was born in Somalia because she's a, she's perfect yeah yeah put it, her in the fucking White House it's right got to be someone that truly does not give a shit about torpedoing their own long term and yeah. what they could do right now yeah yeah and so that they. They give me hope. Uh, the, those two in particular, AOC and uh, Ilan Omar, and uh, uh, you know, there's there's obviously others. But. I also think the fact that Fox News freaks out about them, yes, to, like an irrational level, oh, is yeah. the best endorsement of them that I've ever heard. Yeah, like well, not just Fox News, Nancy Pelosi. Too. I know they're all Both. losing their goddamn minds, and it's like yeah. they're just saying things that are people have hurt like that's telling it like it fucking is that's people what people should be able to not yeah. sleep on the floor yeah right, ah! yeah. right. Yeah. well it's it's the well it's what we're talking about with with messaging like trump <laughs> has this very simple message that is that is easy to understand and it is that you know we're the best you know whatever the easiest message for the left is nobody should die in the first world because they don't they can't get medicine yes. yeah that's right it's one sentence it's easy to understand the people who disagree with you are probably 30 to 40% of the electorate or whatever at most. Anytime you hear somebody, especially on the, uh, you know, on the liberal side go, well, you know, we got to reach out to these people. You know, it's half the country. It's not. It's half the people who voted. Yeah. But yeah. there's 40% of eligible voters that didn't yeah. vote. So yeah. fuck them. Oh, yeah, and you know? right. When yeah. you go to them, they turn away. Like a little while back, I remember when Garcetti got reelected and a bunch of us were on the sidewalk just like, because this is around the time that a lot of ice raids were also yeah. happening. Yeah. And also, again, look at the state of homelessness in Los Angeles. Yeah. 65,000 people in, yeah. in LA. And it is absolute, because 70% of the homeless population are not mentally ill and they are not on drugs. Yeah. Yeah. That is a common misconception. 70% are uh, not mentally ill you and they are not on people drugs. people on next door about that. Oh yeah. my God! Oh, and <laughs> also, you live in East Hollywood. I live in Hollywood. And yeah, our next door is lit. Oh yeah, it's and ridiculous. They, and it's absolutely because 
these places are being built that nobody can actually afford to be into. And we were on that sidewalk. And let me say, if you hand me a megaphone, I turn into a 90s bully. Uh, <laughs> because you, I was... With a megaphone? All, you just, I was, I, have you talked to me lately? In the last there's year? a Korean uh, news site that has a video of me under Garcetti's window, just like, Eric, Eric. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and... At one point, he came to a window to like close it so that he didn't have to hear us. Oh, good. Games over there. And Sorry. <laughs> I was like, literally, I was on the fence, just like, look me in the face. And <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Nothing. It's gonna need. It's gonna take a lot of that. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna take a lot of that of just embarrassing the shit out of these people. Yeah. Showing up at their is fucking a houses. Tactic than yeah, yelling show- angrily. No. Honestly, yeah, I think I what Rivers Sh- show up their house. Yeah, <laughs> this is public information. It's angry yelling, but also don't... it's angry yelling because it's like I'm on your fucking side and I hate yeah. your ass. Like, yeah. yeah, like don't don't get into the yard, don't trespass, yeah. don't break any laws. Just you're allowed to stand on the sidewalk as long as you want. Yep. Yeah. Hell, bring a tent, bring yeah. the encampment to their house. Yep. You know what I mean? Make it happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Should we get to? <laughs> Should we get to some listener opinions? Yeah, sure. Yes, absolutely. Lighten it up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh. it's a big world out there. It's Ooh, easy to feel like the things you say don't even matter. <laughs> I want you to know that's not true. They don't matter. And it seems to me that's why we call this segment life, Your Voice Matters. No Wait, what? Where we read... Your stupid fucking opinions <laughs> from the last few shows and respond to them personally. 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 Ooh, fade it out, Brett. Brett, love you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We got some some lighthearted ones oh, good. to end on. This first one, I don't know how controversial this is. The white part of the egg is the best part. No. Here's here's the argument. No. Hey, Adam, here is my unpopular opinion. The white part of the egg tastes better than the yolk, fried, hard, boiled, and even poached. The albumin tastes better than the yolk. I have to call it the albumin because I can't just say white is better anymore. Thanks, Obama. Anyway, get that yellow crap, yellow crap off my plate, Nick. So mm. that racist is wrong uh, <laughs> <laughs> on so many levels. The albumin's high water content makes it gross. <laughs> yeah. The only nothing. There's no the flavor only, in it. There's zero flavor in egg whites. The only area of life where you can argue white is the superior race is gummy bears. Yeah, white uh, white yeah. gummy bears are superior. The best across the board. Yeah, they are absolute. What? Are they are they clear? I always call them the clear ones. They're the, like the pina colada flavored ones. Don't like take this from us. <laughs> We're in this together. I, I've always rivers. referred to them as the translucent gummy bears. I'm just saying it's a spectrum of gu- gummy bear color. It's, it's literally of the Roy G. Biv. Yeah, there's spectrum. German. There's German clear gummy bears. There's Scandinavian clear gummy bears. Rivers, you look like you had some thoughts on the white part of the egg. Yeah, I'm a, I got the most unpopular opinion right now. You ready? Yeah. I don't fuck with eggs. Like, like I'd rather wow, you not like fuck with eggs. Y- you know, than agree that the white part is the if best. The, I think the yeah. eggs they belong in cakes and baked goods and all that stuff. Once you remove them from that context, they smell like butter farts. I'm not eating them. Oh my god! All right, so I'm a I'm a throw down. <laughs> wow. for egg. I used to. So I grew up partially allergic to like had an intolerance to eggs, so Same. I couldn't eat them. Same. And then I grew out of that intolerance, and then as soon as I could, I am an egg slut. Yeah, like, oh, okay. I'm in the exact same mode. I had egg problems as a child. Yeah. And as soon as I grew out of that allergy, I was. Is like 
Give me all the eggs. I'm the fucking creature from Shape of Water. I want <laughs> eggs all the goddamn time. It is the only word I know in sign language. Give me that egg. Uh, the word I know in sign language so is uh, abortion, which is uh, like you put. Give I, me that egg. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still true. It's yeah, technically. Ethan, people can't see your fucking. I know. Hands on I, the I'm trying to describe it. I'm realizing it, there's no way to do that. But just know that it, you. No, see good, that keep trying. What is sign it? language for abortion? If you look it up, you'll be like, "Ooh, that looks violent." That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Wait, do it. I'll describe it. All right. Uh, Oh my oh god! My god. Okay. Yeah, so you so just reaching in there. Yeah, no, but well, what it looks like is you're playing uh, rock paper scissors upside down and then sliding the rock out uh, from the punching the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punching That's... the paper and sliding. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, wowzers. That is yeah. Yeah, eggs are packed with protein. I wonder what the deaths, uh, eggs are good percentage I'm... on pro life, pro choice. Uh, yeah, it's probably well, uh, language has shaped them to be more pro life. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, as a child, I ate them. Like my mom was like, used to love scrambled eggs and i don't know what fuck happened but just something about the the, the smell has always got me where when you start cooking an egg i'm like this smells like butter farts like it's not good wow uh, so uh i i don't fuck with those um i like all the other breakfast foods it's very my, my opinion of seafood is very similar like i'll eat any seafood oysters crawfish crabs all that shit i don't fuck with fish too much either huh. unless it's catfish and it's deep fried you know then oh, you got damn. some cocktail sauce then I will sure tell you where to I'm get allergic to all oh seafood, yeah so ralph's actually all, <laughs> i'm allergic to all seafood that's uh, a hilarious fact to me because ethan's allergic to seafood and nuts and the amount of time i've handed him something yes. that contains the majority of those things yes <laughs> i'm not it's like several times my peanut encrusted salmon ethan yeah, enjoy I, it i just give her a look like how long have you known me? Like, how? <laughs> like, I think there is. But Vanessa definitely, in some level of her brain, wants to hurt me. Uh, it's not on, on purpose. Like, to the murder level. It's not on purpose. We did a sketch <laughs> where the joke was she was to, like, attack uh, me, and she tackled me legitimately three times. I didn't. Do it you did. on purpose. You look, look at we the heard tape. about this. Yeah. I hear there's like a Zapruder film. Oh, yeah, yeah, there is. We should <laughs> put it up. High def red cameras. We'll put it up film. on the Patreon. Yes. Yes. It's, I've gone through frame by frame trying the to exonerate film. that I didn't tackle Ethan both those times on purpose. Yeah, so no, Vanessa tackled Ethan. Yeah. Popular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, to bring it back to eggs, I just wholeheartedly disagree with this opinion. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not saying I'm right. This no, is... I mean this guy, too. Oh, yeah. oh this oh, guy. Yeah, this oh, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. White. Just like, they sell egg whites yeah. separately because they're gross. And yeah. you eat those yeah. if you have heart problems. Yeah. But otherwise, you just throw down on an egg. I think there's been a lot of misinformation yeah. about eggs. I see you. At, what's the Simpsons line? I see those egg industry magnates have gotten to you, too. And then, uh, <laughs> Hi, I'm and, Adam Todd Brown for eggs. <laughs> you know, you better run egg. All right, I can't quote the Simpsons on, on, on any more podcasts. I've told myself I won't. I promise to stop. All right. Last opinion, and then we're going to get the fuck out of here. You shouldn't tell kids Santa Claus exists. Submitted by Michelle Bernhardt. Ooh. My unpopular opinion is that you shouldn't tell kids Santa Claus exists. While some parents may be able to afford the latest video game console, phones, tablets, and all that stuff, other parents cannot. And it just makes everyone involved feel terrible. Oh, no. Parents are ashamed they can't afford nice things. Kids think they weren't good enough. And their friends may think less of them or not understand why their friend doesn't get as nice stuff as they do. It's also just sort of a weird gaslighty thing. Parents shouldn't oh. lie to kids just for the hell of it. Uh, what was, do we think? I actually... I think he's mad at, I, like, Christmas, the concept, instead of Santa Claus. I think it's an important distinction. I will say, though, I have a weird, like, thing in my psychology where 
on some level, I believe you should like give kids hope and innocence and stretch that out. It's like because the world's going to beat them up anyway. Oh, lying like, to kids is fun. I, on the one hand, lying to kids is fun, and on the <laughs> other hand, like it should be like let the world beat them up. You shouldn't be the one to beat them up. And at the other, at the same time, when any time there's a comedy thing where you are destroying a kid's brain and making them sad, I find it the funny. That's like the funniest. Oh yeah, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the that. funniest thing to me in comedy. I did that to my little brother when I was a kid with like pointless shit because I learned he he believed in Santa way too long. So <laughs> I did this with I love um, that kid. I did it with the uh, fast food mascots uh-huh. where I convinced him that they were real. Uh, oh no! <laughs> so I convinced him that the Wiener Jared's coming dog. to your house. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Jesus. I convinced him that the Wiener Schnitzel hot dog that was on the run in the commercials in the early '90s was real. <laughs> And that if you saw, like, you know, because they had the antenna thing where it was like him holding onto an antenna and screaming. And I'm like, that's real. That's real. He's actually screaming. He's, and so, like, he'd see it and he'd be like, Mom, he's right there. We have to help him. Uh, so uh, I don't know if the I should... Taco Bell dog is right outside the window. <laughs> I don't know if I should be a parent because whenever I see like in a comedy thing a child crying at the bitter reality, I always think it's funny. I don't know <laughs> what that is. I I gotta say, like I just recently, uh, you know, I, one of my one of my friends has a kid who's like eight years old, and it had a, a it <laughs> it, it had a loose it, tooth. It, that that disgust, that thing you know, that thing had a loose tooth. And it was showing it to me. It was like, I got a loose tooth. And it was, it was like the cutest thing ever to be like, oh, tooth fairy's coming. You know, like lying to kids is fun. What the fuck? Yeah. Do you think there's any validity to her argument that it's a way to make kids feel bad about themselves? I think themselves? that's Christmas. I don't I, think that's Santa well, in particular. No. Well, why not? Because Santa is the one who judges you and decides <laughs> if you're good enough to get kids yeah. or to get toys. But I also, that's a weird. I think Santa is overall seen as a positive. It's a nice thing. Well, I think I know, the, but is it is it a nice, nice thing, thing or is yeah. it a nice thing for parents well, with enough it, money it, well, to fulfill that fantasy? It, it should be noted that Santa is can be whatever you want Santa yeah. to be. Santa's not a religious figure, so like if your style of parenting, like I know kids who open their Christmas presents on Christmas Eve because they had to drive to Grandma's house on Christmas Day, and I'm they just this. yeah, and they just went with the kayfabe of like, oh, Santa came early for you. you just yeah. make up whatever you want for yeah, Santa. Yeah, you don't so, break Christmas kayfabe. So yeah, don't break Christmas kayfabe. Just create your own storyline, and then don't. Is, but but there's the song. The song is drilling it into your head. Oh yeah, yeah. That well, if you don't get, but there's toys, other Santa songs, right? Like, but what I'm saying is, you you don't have to necessarily set up the expectation that this kid is going to get the most expensive toy for Christmas if you don't, you know. Also, there's another song that Santa murdered your grandmother. Like who? Like do whatever song and you want. And banged your mom. Yeah, yeah. Is that exactly. C- is that that CKY one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, love me a CKY song about Santa banging your mom. No, like I, I like. Lying to kids is hilarious. I I do find an issue with the present thing of Santa. um, Just because for me, you can't really appreciate where gifts come from. And you think that they just happen as opposed to like other people that like care about you. So that's that's my issue with Santa. But also like I'm also confused on the Santa thing because I had a very different version of Santa growing up. Uh, Because like my Santa. We believed in Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. (laughs) He was a disciplinarian. Well, the Guatemalan side of my family didn't do the present thing with Santa because we couldn't afford the present thing Uh a lot of the time. So Santa Claus was a beardy guy uh, who you wouldn't leave uh, cookies out for. You would leave uh, tamales and a glass of Coke out for. and uh, oh, But like specifically like a bottle of Coke. Is this me? Uh, <laughs> Am I him? We leave him tamales and then he comes and then he puts pine needles on the floor. Okay. I, I will say but this. But like a lot. Like, yeah. Like. Um, he makes a huge mess. Yeah. Like five I, burlap. Santa, you done it again. Like if you took like a dog food bag from multiple dogs, five of those of 
pine needles everywhere. Yeah. And that's what I thought Santa was. Wow. For me, here's the thing I thought as a child growing up in New York City as a Jewish person. <laughs> I thought the reason Santa didn't visit Jewish kids, I legitimately believe this when I was like five years old, was because Jews lived in apartments and Christians lived <laughs> in houses oh my and there God. were no chimneys in apartment. Therefore, there was no way for Santa to deliver kids to <laughs> presents to Jewish. That was a real thing I believed wow. as a child. I, I grew up with, I had zero religious, like, like background at all uh <laughs> but we did the shit out of christmas like it was it was great and i, I think that's you know if i was gonna have kids that's exactly how i would raise yeah. them it's like yeah no god but definitely santa because <laughs> then you get to grow out of it you know yeah and then I you're suppose. just normal at the end i don't know i feel like i'm on board don't tell you tell your kids santa's a lie right away just uh, <laughs> tell your kids there is no god from the age of four. Yeah. yeah you gotta yeah, yeah. he can't T- tie in your no santa with your god is not a real thing <laughs> and you have been, you're gonna be yeah. lied to for the rest of your life give your kids yeah. a little superiority complex when yeah. they get to school because they know right. santa's fake yeah. Yeah. yeah but just don't let them be like a, a fucking like internet poster about yeah, it. yeah don't yeah, let yeah. them be all ricky Actually, gervais about yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, carbon Santa's not real into the chest. There's no empirical evidence for Santa at all. Um, You didn't know there is no good list. (laughs) (laughs) Am I on your bad list? You fucking idiot. Uh, Uh, You're having a fucking laugh about Santa. My dad told me that there was no evidence that Jews were ever in Egypt when I was eight years old and then would send me to Hebrew school until I was 14. (laughs) I don't understand that. Wow, that's why you're like this. (laughs) Yeah, that's what my life is. Wow. All right. Should we... We should probably wrap it up. I forgot to... Wrap it up like Santa. (laughs) Hey, now. Wow. Oh, presents. Okay. Presents. I'll go. Uh, I forgot to do this at the beginning of the show, but shout out to our $50 subscribers, Ann Bankson, Kai Zaborski, and Rebecca Stewart. And also our $25 subscribers. I normally read their names at the end in the $50 at the beginning, but I forgot. <laughs> uh, T. Cookson, Ryan Borey, Eddie Barron, 5X Espinosa, Chaz Chitwood, Mike Ski, Homerostasis, Gray Wolf, the ghost of Dave Thomas, Charlie Hume, <laughs> Nolan McLean, Shelly, DJ West, Katie Rimmer, 80s R&B sensation Reby, Kelly Stanaway, Teresa H. What's that mean? James Hill, Danny W., AJ Lindbergh, and Jennifer Fendelander. Speaking of Dave Thomas, last unpopular opinion. I don't want to see Wendy. I don't I don't like knowing she's a real person. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Are you talking about, about Dave that. Thomas Wendy's, Dave Thomas the SCTV guy, or Dave Thomas from Perry Ubu? Or, I, I, or Dave Thomas them. from the Weather Channel. Too. Oh, there we go. There's yeah. four. There's so them. many Dave Thomases. I don't want to fuck them all. Yeah. A note, to all, square a note to all Dave Thomases. I don't want to see the real Wendy. Yeah. So patient. <laughs> uh, what do we have to plug before we get out of here? Vanessa. Uh, hi! Every Thursday, you can catch me on DirecTV, 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern, on El Rey Nation, on El Rey Network. It's yeah. a show that I'm on now, and I host. Hooray! Definitely check that out. What time, Mountain? Um, fuck you. Look fuck at, you. Look at where the sun hey, is. Colorado, go fuck cent- yourself. Central time. <laughs> hey, What's central time? Colorado, eat my dick. Uh, <laughs> no, I love you, please. I need your ratings. Uh, <laughs> so, catch me on that. Um, also, you can join... Find me along with Ethan um, on Hail Night Church on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook uh, because we actually managed to make it higher up on the list for Do LA for our last event. That means Ethan and I now have to release a video where we are doing the look of look at the flower scene from a mice and men while having eaten a ghost pepper. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Uh, that sounds God. like fun. I'm clearly the Lenny. It's, it's just I yeah. am 100% the Lenny. It's, Absolutely. It's like, I would shoot you, you in the head anything? for your piece. Yeah. 
life. Heartbeat. You're you're stroking a small rabbit right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a matcha energy drink. That's that's my rabbit. Ethan, what do you have to plug? I was also gonna plug uh Hail Night Church as well. Uh on social media. We uh this also mentioned we have a live show at the Pack Theater in Hollywood, California, every fourth Sunday at nine thirty Pacific time, because we're in goddamn LA. Uh yeah, that's what I got for now. Rivers. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rivers Langley. You can check out my podcast. It's called The Goods from the Woods. It comes Love out it. every Tuesday on uh, I- iTunes, although iTunes is about to be dead. So I have to say Apple Podcast uh, and everywhere uh, else. Uh, uh, and uh, you can come see me uh, do play by play with a friend of Unpops, Eric Barnes at Wrestling Pro Wrestling on the last Friday of every month. And every other Friday, I'm at the West Side Comedy Theater at my show, Unnecessary Evil. Come see me do stand up. Yeah. All right, and uh, we have a backyard show, July 6th. Whoa, Check the Twitters yeah. for details yeah. about that. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Rivers, say goodbye. Goodbye. Ethan, say goodbye. Hit a Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish I could just shake my Vanessa, head. Vanessa, say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. goodbye. God damn it, Vanessa, I hate you so <laughs> much. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Love you. Fuck Vanessa. Fuck her stupid face. I hate her so goddamn much. I'm going to keep doing this until we're out. Fuck you, Vanessa. Go to hell, you stupid idiot. Do a studio fade. <laughs> fade it out. Yeah. yeah.